What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Union Fitness Podcast. As always, I'm Jared. I'm Kurt. We're coming at you today. Beautiful day. Weather's finally getting nice outside. And we're stuck in here. <laughs> but we're stuck in here together and with you guys, so it's going to be all right. So uh, today's topic, um, you know, yesterday I'm driving home, sun was setting. I was like, man, it feels good to be another year older. And in the process, I was thinking about my training and uh, lifting in general, not just powerlifting, but when I started lifting to right now. And I was like, man, this would be a great conversation to think about and to discuss how my training has evolved, the things that I've learned, how I've applied it to uh, clients and members and things like that. So I come in the gym today and I see Jared and I'm like, hey, man, uh, this is what I'm thinking about doing today. And I start explaining it and he looks at me and says, that's hilarious because I was thinking the exact same thing. Yep. So uh, what we're going to do, um, we're kind of, I know we've given you guys backgrounds by now. You probably know us, know how we train, things like that. But we're going to talk about a little bit about uh, our philosophy or lack thereof when we first started training. Oh, yeah. Because most of the time you don't know where you're going, mm-hmm. um, which is perfectly fine. And then talk about how we got from there to where we are now. The steps that we've taken, the things we've learned, how we've applied it. Some big and, mistakes along the way. Yeah, you have to make mistakes. And um, kind of what we think would be beneficial for people uh, regardless of where they're at. So yeah. uh, let's start it up. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever asked you how many years you've actually been lifting. Oh, boy. Like, like just lifting in general. So just, First time just you touched the bar. Hit, okay. Yeah. So... I mean, I played sports like through junior high and high school and you have like weight room time there. I think the actual first time I ever started lifting was probably around eighth grade. Okay. So uh, I think I brought this up before, but my dad used to compete in powerlifting Mm -hmm. and he's coming back. Yeah. George is on the comeback. But uh, George, we see you. (laughs) So uh, I used to go with him when I was a kid. I used to think it was the coolest thing. They could move a ton of weight around. And when I was in eighth grade, we had to do this like long-term goal project and I'm in eighth grade. I don't really know what my right. long-term goals are. And my dad was like lifting weights and stuff. And I was like, I want to be able to bench press X amount of weight. Right. Sure. So I think I said the project is like, I want to bench press 155 pounds or something like that. In so eighth every, grade? Yeah. That's, that's, so that's legit. Little 80 pound me would yeah, go down. Right? We had a little power rack in our basement and like, it was supposed to be, my plan was for myself four times a week, I'd go down mm-hmm. and just like bench press and do whatever my dad was helping me out. Obviously, I'm immature. I'm in eighth grade, so I do it like <laughs> once or twice a week and not very consistently. Sure. Um, but ended up, I did bench press 155 pounds in eighth grade. Um, and that kind of like, I thought it was really cool. I was like, oh man, I'm really strong now. That's a lot of weight. That's yeah. more than I weigh. So uh, that kind of like put a little fire under my butt. And then uh, from there, it was just through high school sports, um, like wrestling specifically. Mm-hmm. We'd always be in the weight room, same time as the football team. And uh, that was always fun. Like, I'd always go lift with the linemen. I always thought that was fun to sure. like they'd be lifting i'd jump in little old me would pick Heck it up yeah that was now, did fun. you did you have guidance of any sort like from anybody at, at the high school uh, like any coaches or anything so yeah sort of so when i was younger in high school it was just just your regular coaches um my wrestling coach dr miller uh was actually really pretty knowledgeable in, mm-hmm. in the weight room so he would help us out a lot um that dude was also an animal he was like what was he in his 60s and he would just go under a bar bench 225 for 10 jump up and do like 30 pull-ups in a row nice. like 10 rounds of that nice. i don't know he's an yeah. animal his last name's miller oh yeah of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but then so i think it was my senior year our high school dumped a bunch of money into renovating this like multi-million dollar weight room it's really nice uh, and they actually hired a like a personal trainer strength coach to like work in the weight room to nice. help out the students. Cool. Uh, his name was Phil. And I think Phil was uh, like the first like real guidance I had in high mm-hmm. school on like how mm-hmm. to lift things. Uh, along with my dad, he's a track coach too. He was in there, but yeah. What about you? Uh, you know, the first time I actually touched a barbell and had any concept of what to possibly do, I was 19 years old. Um, before that, my dad had one of those old school like benches and weight sets upstairs in our spare bedroom. The cement ones? The cement weights and the bar is legitimately like that big around. You know what I mean? And then when you lay on the bench, the the rack is like right next to your face. Yep. So like if you're any normal size human, you're not fitting into this thing. But I was, man, I want to say like 14, 
15, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. And I go up there and uh, I just, you don't, you've never seen, like I never saw anybody lift weights before. So I just go up there and think about what I'm supposed to do. And I remember one time I had like six five pound plates on each side because none of them are big. There's no 45s. Yeah. They're all the real small ones. And I hit like a set of bench, almost died. I think it was like 60 pounds or something like that. And then I take all the 45s off and the bar comes up and smacks me right in the jaw. Right. <laughs> that was the last time I ever, li- that was the last time I lifted until I was like 18 or 19 years old. Right. So, uh, it didn't like split me open or anything, but I was like, man, screw that. <laughs> screw that. Don't need this. Yeah. So of course, you know, I get to high school and our school was known for a very good soccer program and a pretty good baseball program. And the coaches that I had at the time, especially my soccer coaches, did not believe in lifting at all. They were old school. It was all about, um, it was all about the sport, the practice, and then running. And I'm saying we used to run sometimes upwards of five miles every day before we could touch a soccer ball. Dang. And their philosophy was if we got in good enough shape, then we could outlast the other team. And I got to be honest, it worked. It worked because in the, you know, in the last, you know, last quarter of the game, we would just out hustle everybody. When they got tired, we started scoring goals. And um, so it was cool. But knowing that, I would love to see what we could have done if we had some type of weight training program because we had the weight room and all of our, um, all of the football coaches were kind of like the strength coaches for the football team. So, you know, I didn't really know that much until I had a, a good friend of mine. I think we talked about this, that was in a car accident and right before he got in the car accident, he asked me to go in the weight room with him. And then after, you know, his accident, he was in the hospital and I just kept going back in training. Mm-hmm. Didn't know a thing about what I was doing. You know, didn't know anything. Um, I was that dude that everybody was benching. And I was so scared and shy that I would go over in the corner and deadlift. Because there's one thing I knew how to do from working with my dad. It was pick shit up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I would go over there. Everybody else was over benching. And that's kind of how I got started. And from there, I just, uh, I just fell in love with the process. So, so when, uh, kind of what, what started you off into, obviously you're a very good power lifter. What started you off into power lifting and kind of how did you, I guess, like what kind of program or training did you start with and what did you see from it? Yeah, I, I think about this often and I still haven't stumbled upon like a direct answer. Um, when I first got into lifting seriously, I was more into like bodybuilding because I always used to, my, my parents got me a subscription to muscle and fitness. And it was like, we're doing, you know, sets of 10, sets of 12, you know, stuff like that on everything. So that's how I trained for a little bit. And then I dabbled in Olympic lifting a little bit, which mm-hmm. I liked, but I didn't know anybody who did that, that could, that could help me. So when I went to college, um, I stumbled upon Elite FTS, shout out. And it was the only place that I had found that had all this accessible information. I mean, you're talking article upon article from the top people in the industry, coaches, lifters, whatever. And it was, you know, all the way from training to nutrition, to what to do, what not to do, who to reach out to. And uh, so I would stay up until like two in the morning, three in the morning in college, just reading articles. And I was like, oh shit, this thing called powerlifting looks kind of fun. You know, like you don't have to run because I was tired of running from soccer. Mm-hmm. And you just Amen. get to, yeah, and you just get to like pick stuff up. And all these guys look jacked. So um, I started researching it, started trying it a little bit. At the time, I think the stuff that I was reading was like the sweet spot is like just sets of five. So I did like five by five forever. And it worked. I mean, I got, I got strong. Um, and then I think like, Wendler's 531 was coming out, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I dabbled in that. And again, because I was so new, you got strong. I got strong. And then uh, one of my buddies back home, Tyler Bledsoe, um, he, we knew each other from school, but we're never friends. He was like, hey, man, I see you lifting. Like, I'm lifting too. And I'm actually doing a powerlifting meet 
coming up in uh, in Maryland, like Frederick or something. So I went with him and checked it out, and I was like, man, that's pretty cool. But we never – so we trained together for a couple years, but didn't really have any mentoring or – You just figured it out as you went. It was legitimately like we would we would train together and then go home and read something online and then come back the next day and be like, hey, I saw this. We're going to try it today. And it was so much fun. Like I, I almost missed that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I still kind of have those days occasionally. Like yesterday I trained – Without a plan, I walked in, and I was like, I just feel like training. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. But I think, like, the first mentor that I had was a guy named Dan from uh, Washington State. And he moved down to Maryland. And he was, like, in his 50s. Mm-hmm. And he was wearing a Westside barbell shirt. And I had just heard about Westside, right? Westside. Because I, fo- I was following Elite. <laughs> so I go up to him, and I was like, hey, man, nice shirt. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to feel cool and sound like I lift. I didn't know anything about Westside. And I go up to him. I'm like, hey, man, nice shirt. He's like, yeah, you want to train tomorrow? I'm like, uh, <laughs> sure. He's like, right, crack, be, sure. Yeah, be here at four. <laughs> so I go in there at four o'clock. First day, we're benching. He puts me in a bench shirt, reverse band bench to a three board. All right? <laughs> <laughs> so the most I gangster overkill thing that you could do my first day, he does it. At the time, my best bench was like, 255 <laughs> i love this yeah. i love this <laughs> at the time my best bench was like 255 and he knew that mm-hmm. i told him i didn't lie and he pulls out an old bench shirt like it was a it wasn't that old actually but a, a titan katana uh-huh. so it was a single ply yep. but they're legit and he was like this one will fit you perfect and it was still like a size or two too big and i thought i was going to die i didn't know what reverse man benching was and I barely knew what board pressing was. So he's like, all right, we're going to work up to a max single. All right. So this he, is awesome. He gets me in a bench shirt. I'm walking around like this. Looking, like an ape. Looking ridiculous. This is a YMCA with one squat rack and one bench. This is awesome. And we're benching in the squat rack. So because you every, have the bands, you got to. We had to. Everybody was pissed off. Everybody was pissed <laughs> off. All right. So I come out there. He lays me down. We're setting up the bands. He's calculating the weights. He's holding the boards on my chest. And I think I ended up working up. I think I, I think I did 405. Jeez. But here's the thing. Looking back, why was I even in a bench shirt? Yeah. I was doing a three-board press against reverse bands. Yeah. What? <laughs> what Just was, think of the difference, 405 <laughs> and 255. What was I even doing? So, look, it hit me so hard. I had, like, flu-like symptoms the rest of the week. Because my central nervous system was like, shot. what the hell did you just do? You know? So Dan was that guy. You know, he was wise. He did a lot of gear lifting. And um, he really got me started. Now, it's not, it, it wasn't always the best advice. But he pushed me. And I did things that I normally wouldn't have done. And I just shut up and listened. Every single day, I showed up. I would ask questions, but I would never argue. And that's, that was just kind of what I carried with me. Like when you were lifting with somebody who's been doing it longer than you, you do the work, you load the plates, you spot, you help, and, and you're just there. Yep. And that's kind of that from that moment on, even though it, he may not have been the best mentor, he just, he, he put that fire in my belly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that was it. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think, oh boy, I got I, I mean, I've known powerlifting my whole life just because of my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in high school, I realized I was pretty strong. Like, I, I was lifting with the linemen. I could, you know, do a bunch of stuff that was, like, pretty, you know, good for my weight. And so I told my dad, I was like, I want to try this. And so he got excited, right? So he hands me a basic. It was a five-by-five five program. I trained four mm-hmm. days a week. It was squat, bench, deadlift. Felt jacked. It's actually every day that yeah. I lifted. It was four days a week. I would squat, bench, and deadlift, five-by-five five of each. And then he had different accessories programmed for every day, right? Like, my dad was the encyclopedia of powerlifting <laughs> right, to me, right? Like, yeah. he knew it all because he did it. Smartest man alive. Yeah, so yeah. He, he programmed for me, and I got I got really strong from it. But it was funny. So, like, he bought me a bench shirt. I had, like, a single-ply squat suit. Yeah, I'm, like, 18. Nice. And the, yeah. yeah. Uh, I still have the squat suit. I'll bring it in sometime. Yeah. Um, but uh, so he did that. I got, like, super strong from it, like, just in high school. Carried over to, you know, like, my wrestling and stuff. But uh, I think, what was it? Like, I get to Slippery Rock. I stopped lifting for a little bit because 
I don't know, I was by myself. I didn't really have mm -hmm. friends that were interested in lifting. So I just started doing, I would run and I would do push-ups and pull-ups and that's all I did. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it was like my junior year, I think I had uh, my friends, Mike and Adam, Josh actually trains Mike yeah. right now. Yep. And then our buddy, Adam, we all lived on the same floor in the dorm. And I was like, I want to get back into lifting weights. And I started going and then they started coming with mm -hmm. me. And the next thing you know, we're just like making up powerlifting programs. Nice. Like I pulled out the old five by five. We all did that. And then we got bored of that. So then we Google some stuff. Yeah. We did like Ed Cohn's thing, I think for a while. Yep. And then we did some like some, it was called like a Russian program. We thought it was cool because it was Russian. So we did that. <laughs> and we just, we, I mean, like when I tell you that I did not know like what my form and stuff was supposed to look like, like I would sit my butt on the floor when I squatted and then shoot my butt back up in the air and just good morning all my squats. Wait, that's, that's not, that's not what you're supposed to do. I mean, I, I still do it, I guess. Oh, I'm just all kidding. Right. Um, <laughs> my deadlift got really good from it, I guess. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> like my squat wasn't great, but my deadlift got, yeah. got really strong. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that was kind of like how I, we always planned on competing and never did when mm -hmm. we were at Slippery Rock. Um, but that's, that was kind of like how I really got into it on my own. Flash forward a little bit, I get into PT school. I'm there and I'm, you know, we're studying a whole bunch. Class is getting pretty hard. And I'm like, any free time I have, I'm like jittery. I need to find something to do. Oh, yeah. So I start going to the weight room again. And I didn't know what to do. So I'm like grabbing, I'm like YouTubing like weird, cool things that people mm -hmm. do, right? So I'm doing like dumbbell snatches with as much weight as I could. So I think the weight room at Wingate had like up to 100 pound dumbbells. So I would like do dumbbell snatches with those. And I thought that was cool. And I got bored of that. So then I was like, I can do a human flag or I can do this. And then eventually like I just start, started getting bored of all these little things. And I remembered that I used to like powerlifting. So I was like, <laughs> I'm going to give this a shot. So I started doing it. And uh, like just, I forget what I jumped in on, just some random program that I found. And then uh, one of my, or yeah, one of my best friends, his name's Colby Lepressi. He's also a physical therapist. He's down in South Carolina. Um, he was in school with me there. He was, he got interested in it after coming to, I did a meet there, my first meet. I signed up for it. Didn't actually train for it when I signed up. Uh, went and like did really well. So I was like, oh, maybe I could be good at this. And that's kind of what started. He came and then decided he wanted to train with me. So then that kind of fueled our fire. And we just did the stupidest stuff you can think of, man. <laughs> I mean, like, like the volume and weight and the amount of like it's it's not okay but here's the thing and this is kind of where we were going to lead you could get away with it then mm -hmm. right you, yeah, you still were, knew you were such a young new lifter yeah that you were responding to it yeah right? and being in pt school like we're learning how to move and stuff so we would help each other like what form was supposed to look like a little bit um and that kind of helped some you know we didn't know everything obviously no, but we no. tried yeah and uh yeah, being so new, like we could just, we would, I mean, we'd be in the gym for three hours, mm -hmm. just not stopping. We do, I don't even know if, if Colby ever listens to this, I'm sure he'll remember, but we yeah. did, I'm sure like a hundred reps of heavy squats and then yeah. went to a hundred reps of like, yeah. like something so stupid. Um, but we survived. Yeah. You forced that adaptation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, I mean, there's, there's some to be said for not knowing what to do and just training Yeah. and not to get too sidetracked, but I think that's something a lot of people could benefit from. You see, there's so much uh, access to all these programs, mm -hmm. all these coaches, that I think people lose sight of what it's about some days. Like, why did you start training? It was because you thought it was fun, and you felt good from it, and you realized that you were pretty good, right? Yeah. It was a challenge. And um, sometimes that can be overshadowed by oh i have to do this if i if i don't train at four o'clock with these shoes with this shirt with you know on this piece of equipment it's not going to be gotta right. bring my tripod you gotta bring the tripod <laughs> or the two board yeah. <laughs> no those are provided here yeah yeah we got those yeah um but some days it's just it's just about showing up and working yeah and experimenting mm -hmm. and, and finding new things because one of the one of the worst things you can do in this is not learn for yourself and um, I got to the point where I hired a coach uh, Amen to that. a few years ago, right? And it was when I turned that corner and I was like, I'm ready to be the best that I can. Hired a coach. Up to that point, I had done all my programming, you know, loosely. Yeah. Because you're just trying to kind of throwing stuff together. 
and I made good progress, but I was ready to be very motivated and do whatever I had to do. So I had three, three years, no, two years, sorry, where Casey Williams programmed for me and I learned from it, but I learned more about myself than I did the programming. I learned what I was capable of and, and how much work and dedication it took to get to where I wanted to be. But the actual programming in and out, I was just kind of on autopilot. I would see what I had to do that day and I would do it. Just go do it. Yeah. And I never really asked a whole lot of questions. And I think that's what a lot of people do. That's a trap they fall into. Mm -hmm. They say, what does my coach have me doing today? Or what does this program have me do today? And they just do it. And then two years down the road, you go up to them and you're like, what are you learning from that? What'd you learn? And they don't really have any answers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I, that's, that's just the, the sad part of it, I think, because this whole thing is the process. I don't like using the term journey, right? It, it, I think it's kind of cliche, but it's about the journey. It's not about, I want to be here. What did you learn? What, what did that help you with? Uh, what kind of person did that build? Yeah. So kind of going off of that, you know, I, uh, eventually hired a coach as well, uh, Rob Polenik down in Brutal Iron Gym in South Carolina. Shout out coach. Um, he, uh, so I might've said this before, but, uh, he's kind of like a family friend mm -hmm. and, uh, I saw some of the stuff he was doing and I was like, this looks awesome. Like he really seems to know what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to him and he started coaching me and best decision I ever made. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I didn't realize how kind of poorly I was moving mm -hmm. until he started coaching me. And like, I mean, it was like humbling. I, I remember just getting angry with him sometimes because he'd be like, so we're going to do some squats at like 50% of what you think you can do pretty yeah. much. And I was like, that's so dumb. Why yeah. would I do that? Blah, blah, blah. And he would just shut up and do it. Yeah. Like we, you got to fix all these things first. And I would grill him with questions all the time because, you know, I'm a know-it-all grad student in <laughs> PT school. Like right. what does he know, you know? Yeah. But I mean, he always was patient with me, had answers for me. And like the amount I've learned just from working with him has been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think, like you said, like that's something you need to do with your coach. Like your coach needs to know what they're talking about. Don't mm -hmm. just get programming from somebody because they're good. Like mm -hmm. make sure that they're knowledgeable and don't be afraid to ask them questions. Like know yeah. why you're doing what you're doing. Don't just, you know, throw bands on a bar and squat against bands because you saw somebody do it at right. Westside. Like that was great for them and they needed it and there was a reason they did it. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean it's for you, you sure. know. Um, sure. And that even when you're programming for yourself, like you can play with that stuff, but you got to – you got to sit down and analyze like how you're moving, what you're doing and be able to figure mm -hmm. that out on your own. I agree. And I think, I think that all comes in stages too. Mm -hmm. And and that's the good thing about learning on your own at the beginning is because you're so, you're so just general with everything. You don't have a lot of information. So you're pretty, you're kind of doing like the same stuff quite often. Yeah. You may go see a new exercise and then try it, but there's a good chance that you're going to barbell squat barbell bench barbell deadlift you know every week and i think starting out that's what people need and i think that's why the not to get too deep into programming but frequency is good amongst newer and younger lifters let's dive into it a little bit actually okay, i think it would okay. benefit people who like listen to the podcast some sure. i think some people kind of want some information you know so for a newer lifter or someone kind of new to the sport in general, mm -hmm. um, what would you say like some guidelines, recommendations are for starting? Yeah, I would say understand movement. Understand how your body should move. If you are, if you have participated in sports for quite some time growing up, you're going to have a good awareness, good body awareness. I'm not saying that you can't if you didn't compete in sports, but that just gives you the understanding of where your body is in space and how to move. So take that from what you learned in sports and apply it to your first couple years of powerlifting. You gotta look at this as a, a marathon, not a sprint. You have to understand when you're starting out in powerlifting, this is gonna be a long process. You're not gonna get to where you wanna be in a year or two. So take the time now to learn your form, study other people's forms, find find somebody who's built slim, similar to you, see how they move, see how they train, things like that, and then try it on yourself. Because it's much easier to do that from day one than to only be focused on all-out strength and then five years down the road 
realize that you move like shit and that you're hurting yourself or you're going to hurt yourself and then have to take a huge step back to learn how to move correctly with these weights that you're pushing. You taking shots at me? I'm taking shots at me. (laughs) What do you mean? You fixed me before. Um, So, but no, I think that that's one thing that I always did too, because I, I didn't train with anybody when I first started. So I was hesitant, but I always made sure that I was kind of moving correctly, whatever that meant for me, you know, um, you, you gotta, you gotta be smart enough, whether you have a lot of knowledge about lifting or not. If you watch a video of yourself and you see like your backgrounding, you should know that's not good. Right for the most part. Yeah. For the most At part. least starting out, you gotta know. Yeah. No bueno, right? Yeah. If you're watching a video from the front of your squat and you see your knees caving, you should know without even having a lot of knowledge that that's not good. Yeah. So um, th- it's simple things, simple things to take the time, put your ego to the side, and take the time to really work on those and 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 focus on your movement and slow progression. So a couple other questions then. One, how often – I'm a new lifter. Okay. Uh, how often should I max out? Max out? Yeah, how often should I max out? Oh, man. <laughs> Never. Um, <laughs> but I'm the, feeling strong. I want to know what I can do, man. I've been lifting for four weeks. That's what the meet's for, right? That's what – I mean, if, if you are a power lifter, you, when you max out, it should be at the meet. It should, it should rarely be in training. Mm-hmm. Um, as a more mature lifter – you can do it more often because you understand what it means. As a newer lifter, there's no better way to discourage yourself than to try maxing out and missing weights. Yep. I mean, I remember a time, one training session, I tried to deadlift the same weight four times and missed it four times. Oh, been there, done that, man. You know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so what, what good was that? Now, in my mind going forward, I think I just automatically can't hit that weight ever. You know, so um, I think I think it's good to have some guidance. And I think lifting heavy ish is good occasionally as a younger lifter. But as far as maxing out, unless you're in like a sports program and they are having you do a test week, which also can be borderline. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I don't think there's any real reason to be maxing out. So so I'm also a newer lifter. Right. And I am coming into the gym. I know I, I need to squat, bench, and deadlift, but, you know, they can get kind of boring. Like, how do I focus on getting better at those three things but also, like, not get bored with what I'm doing, right? There's so many – like, you go into Union here, you got all these different bars, you got bands, you got all this crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Everybody's doing something different. How do I keep training exciting while still getting better? I mean, that's, that's kind of like a double-edged sword. I mean, what, what's your goal? Is your goal to get better? then you might have to suck it up and do the same stuff. (laughs) You know, I'm just being honest. You might have to do the same stuff every week. And that's where, you know, doing research is, is the number one thing. Now I understand you can go online and you can find a bajillion. That's right. A bajillion. Bajillion. That's a big number. uh, Articles and programs, but you know, take the time, be patient. We have more access to quality knowledge than we ever have. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day, it was, I got to go find somebody who knows something I don't know. Now you don't even have to leave your house. So take the time, do some research, come up with some ideas, see what fits what you have available and what your goals are. Yeah. Now, like as far as like mixing things up, I think, or, or keeping it exciting, you said, mm-hmm. um, staying motivated, you, you have to first know why it is that you're training. You know, am I training because it brings me peace and happiness? Am I training because I'm angry at the world? Am I training because I want to be good at powerlifting? doesn't matter. You have to understand why you're training. And then that needs to be uh, your main source of drive when you're first starting. Mm-hmm. And that's usually enough to, to keep you going. I, I probably didn't. I probably beat around the bush with that answer. No, I mean, I think that's, I mean, I think that's all like really good advice that, that young lifters kind of need. Um, but I think. I have a question. Fire it up. Fire it Do up. Do it. If. If you is it is it wrong to think that if if you need to uh, get away from a traditional squat bench and deadlift scenario that maybe like this isn't for you? Uh, what uh, do you mean? Well, like I don't understand how that becomes boring. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, at the end of the day, it's you versus the weight, no matter how you're doing it. Maybe you need to change your mindset, not change your exercise. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think there's people who get bored of the monotony of barbell squatting, barbell benching, deadlifting. Like I'm going in, I'm doing five sets of five. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do that day. But then I see all these other people doing all this fun stuff with chains and bands. And, like, it looks exciting. And here I am just 70% of what I think I can do. I'm doing five reps. I'm setting it down. I count my 180 seconds. And I go do it again. Um, So so I think, not to cut you off, but I think it comes down to staying in your lane. And keeping, keeping focused, right? When you start a training program, when you start lifting... Again, understand why you're lifting. And if you're lifting because you want to try something different every week, then you don't, you don't really have that, uh, that direction. So you gotta, if you have direction, then you know that every day you walk in, oh man, I'm doing five by five again. It is a little bit more weight. Maybe it's the same weight, but I know I ha- I'm gonna do it better than I did last week. That's my mm-hmm. main goal. My main goal is to be better each training session. And that carries you. When you're first starting out, learn something each training session, be better each training session. And if you do that, then you don't, you don't need to feel like you don't have enough variety or, or things like that. So if, if you come walk through those doors with that mindset, then that's enough to carry you through that, the mundane days and the, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, so this is something actually, uh, with my patients in therapy, what we, what we go through is I make sure that they... Uh, pretty much master a movement pattern mm-hmm. before we start to add a lot of variation, mm-hmm. right? So for new lifters, you know, you want them to master the movement pattern first, right? Be a good squatter. Like make Correct. sure your squat looks pretty good. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be perfect. My squat's not perfect, you know, but be a good squatter, be a good bench presser and be a good deadlifter first. And then we can have fun variation to mm-hmm. those things because that's where, you know, once the movement pattern is good, then we can start addressing the weaknesses that are holding you back sure. at that point, right? And that's where, you know, you see uh, the bands and boxes and mm-hmm. stuff from the conjugate lifters. Mm-hmm. You see, you know, the chains, um, you know, elevated deadlifts, sure. whatever. Yeah, I mean, all, yeah. the, all the crazy stuff. Um, but, yeah, so I, that, that's one of my big things that I preach with my patients. They'll be like, oh, we're doing this one again. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you're not great at it yet. Yeah. Like, let's master the pattern first. And then we'll start to progress it, you know? And that carries over. That's the same with your patients in physical therapy. That's the same with my clients with personal training and general health. And that should be the same in a sport, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in a sport like powerlifting. They say, I don't know the saying, I'm going to butcher it. It's like tens of thousands of repetitions need to be done in order to master movement. Oh, yeah. It's probably more than that, right? It's like shooting a free throw. 100,000 hours, you become a master. Boom. I butchered it. Josh knew it. So that adds up. You know what I mean? So if you're starting out as a young lifter with, if you have that mindset, master that movement and then get to the point where, you know, you could do it in your sleep. You look at it. It looks very, very sound. And then you could venture into different variation, Mm -hmm. you know, safety bar work, um, Camber bar. Camber bar, potentially. (laughs) No, you rest in peace. God, I'm still hurting. (laughs) Um, You can throw on chains. I think bands are not for everybody. They're for very, very advanced lifters. But I I think that is a thing with with modern social media and the internet and everything. People see the craziness that you can do in a training session. And that's what I got to do. Yeah, that's what I got to do. Yeah. And um, it's not for everybody. They got to understand that these are... People who are doing that and are successful with that have been training for years and years and years and have already established themselves to a certain level. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, when they were one, two, three years into it, they were doing five by fives, five three ones, mm-hmm. squat bench and deadlift competition style, overhead press, dips, barbell rows, stuff like that. It was not fancy, but it was building the foundation. Yeah. So uh, sometimes I see young lifters who are trying to do like a conjugate or concurrent style programming because they see the variety and that's one thing that's really cool about it there's variety and interesting movements Mm -hmm. right it's very appealing and it's very fun but they do it when they don't have the foundation built they they, they're not a master yet and then they they get good at maybe that variation 
and then you have them do the competition style movement and it's hot and it's trash. not there yeah it's not there i don't care if you can squat five plates to a box on a safety squat bar against two chains aside and it's smoked but then you get under a straight bar do you think two chains lifts say uh, that and then you get a <laughs> and then you, and then you get under a straight bar to do a competition squat and it falls apart mm-hmm. you yeah. can't you can't have that yeah so that's where you need to reevaluate what is it that i'm trying to accomplish because if i want to be really good at what i'm doing and my dad would say if you're going to do something do it right mm-hmm. do it right don't don't you know put your ego aside and don't just do this cuz it looks cool or it seems cool or it feels cool you know do it because there's a reason you need to do it but if there's not a reason you need to do it right now don't and uh i think going back to the basics is is uh, hugely overlooked so kind of progressing from like younger lifters let's get into the more like advanced lifters right um i think and you can correct me if you disagree at all but i think that advanced lifters um one of the biggest things as far as programming for them can can you know the best thing you can do for them is not make things overly complicated, right? They've mastered a movement. And now at that point, it's just working on the weaknesses they have to make that movement stronger or more efficient or whatever. Would you agree or disagree with that? I would agree. I think, I think there's like, there's a, there's a trend. There's probably a graph out there somewhere. Cody Miller probably knows it. Um, But when you're starting out, it's all about learning how to move. All right. Oh yeah. First couple years. Learn how to move. Learn what you're doing. And get a good pump. And get a pump to go out. You got to get that pump. To go out to the parties. Yeah, we're not telling you not to go do your your bicep curls, you know, your whatever. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what we're saying. (laughs) So that's the first few years of training. Then you get into the point where you really start trying to build and establish some strength. Because you have that foundation. Now you're really pushing it. You're getting that extra work in, the little bit heavier loads and intensities. So you're, you're going up. And then you get to the point when you become more of an advanced lifter where it becomes try not to kill myself because every training session you're handling weights that are very hard on your body. Mm -hmm. So it's how can I get the most bang for my buck? So starting out, it's movement. Then it goes to I need to work hard and do a lot of work because my body can handle it. Then it becomes how do I get the most out of just doing as much as I need to do? Right. So it does become more specific as you go and working more on weak points. And that's a perfect way to describe it. Finding the weak points. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because when you're newer, everything's a weak point. Oh, yeah. So train everything and you'll get better. Right. But when you're lifting five, six, seven, eight hundred pounds week in and week out, you have to be very precise. Do only as much as you need to to get the stimulus. And then all of your other work is either uh, injury prevention or recovery work Mm -hmm. to help get you to the next session. So that's where I think frequency is very important at a younger age. And then um, variation gets more important, the better you get to keep you healthy and to build on the weak points. Yeah. And then kind of also rabbit trailing a little bit, but going off of what you said, you brought up, you know, injury, recovery, stuff like that, right? I think people... The biggest thing people need to do is listen to their bodies, right? Mm -hmm. Your body's going to tell you how you feel, what you should be doing. And that's like your coach and you need to talk about, if you have a coach and he's programming you five days a week and you're like, I got to get this lift in. I got, and then you feel like trash and you end up hurting yourself. You don't have to get that lift in. Mm -hmm. Like you need to tell him like, this is too much for me right now. Have that conversation, right? Listen to your body. I tell my patients that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I gave you exercises to do. Listen to your body first. Start slow. Work in. This isn't like a, you must do this all the time. Like, let's talk about it. See how you do mm-hmm. with it, right? Um, sleep. Number one thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Get good sleep. And then the second, eat your food. Drink yeah, your water. Yeah. If you do those two things, I mean, you're going to have really good recovery. You know, right. there's all these fancy things out there you can do for recovery. And honestly, like, the human body thrives really well on work, sleep, and food. Yeah, <laughs> but those those get more important the longer that you Yeah, and you just need to be consistent with yeah. them and good at them, and if you're not, you'll, you'll notice the effects, right? Mm-hmm. That's when, you know, injuries occur. Sure. Now, I, I got a question for you. Okay. When you have a patient, let's use my father as an example. He is 
62, mm-hmm. I believe, has had some type of physical labor job since the day he was born, mm-hmm. pretty much. Uh, grew up, the family owned a sawmill and a farm, and they did that. And um, he, he ended up having to drop out of school to support the family and things like that. So he's worked as a bricklayer, a mason, um, in a steel company. So he's probably like the strongest dude you know. My father is mentally and physically the strongest man I've ever met. Yeah. And, um, but when you have him come in, he's had his knee replaced. He's had surgery on his hand. He's broken his back. When you have somebody like that come in who's never listened to their body mm-hmm. and they don't know what it means to listen to their body because him listening to his body is him in his mind telling him to do more. He just retired. The dude still gets up 4.35 o'clock every morning because that's all he knows. So how do you work with somebody like that? So I think what I like to do as a therapist and what I would recommend for a lot of coaches to do as well is you have to have a conversation with people. And a lot of times mm-hmm. it's a hard conversation. Um, sometimes it can you can be like, look, what you're doing clearly hasn't worked for you. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's led you down a road of whatever. We got to change some things. Mm-hmm. Um, the hard part is that stuff's not always perfect. And it, it doesn't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Sure, you're not going to sure. pick somebody mm-hmm. in a day. Um, you offer them your advice of like, hey, maybe let's rest a little more. Let's focus a little more on sleep. You mm-hmm. clearly do a lot. Let's, you know, get your nutrition better. Let's get you moving a little better first. Mm-hmm. Um, try to steer them in a better path that way. And then over time, if they start to see improvements, then they'll catch on and mm-hmm. start to pick up on that stuff. I treat a lot of uh, blue collar workers out where mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's a frequent conversation I have. You know, everything has broken in their body. Right, right. They're all busted up. They yeah. can't move. Um, yeah. And it's. Are they pretty hard-headed? We're, yes. <laughs> we're in western Pennsylvania, blue-collar western yeah. Pennsylvania, man. There is no more stubborn person yeah. than a blue-collar western Pennsylvanian steel mill worker. I respect you know, it. I mean, it's just. I respect it. Those dudes are, they're tough as they come. And yeah. I mean, the women are even tougher. <laughs> yeah, because they had to put up with it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's just a big portion of it is, you know, figuring out how the body's going to um respond and adapt and mm-hmm. sometimes it's taking 10 steps backwards mm-hmm. to start going forwards um yeah no that's, that's it, it's cool. hard conversations for people because you're changing livelihoods at that point you yeah. know like you got to change habits and it's and hard you're talking you know 30 40 50 years of a particular habit that you're trying to break mm-hmm. and trying to and, fix and this goes into too i mean i you know i have conversations with people about like uh drinking and and smoking and Mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff like that we're like hey we need to take a step back you know this is hurting your healing you know and that's why we're like what what's your diet looking like i don't give like dietary advice sure but definitely steer them along the path of like you know maybe get some get a nutritionist involved and Mm -hmm. start going down that road because that's something you would probably benefit from you know right um now uh knowing what you know now we're kind of going back into our training knowing what you know now and looking back on all the training that you've done everything you've learned all the mentors that you've had what would you say were some of the biggest takeaways from that whole process to where you are now i know that's kind of like a loaded question so you asking like what i would do differently or sure sure let's go what would you do differently okay and what are some of the top you know, one to two things that I like learned along the way, learned along the way. So what I would do differently, I would have listened to my body, slept more, probably stayed away from as much caffeine as as I did. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I was done with that. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, (laughs) you're, you drink less caffeine now than you used to. Oh yeah, man. Wow. I probably that's impressive in college I like undergrad I probably drank like multiple grams of caffeine a day like it probably was not good that's amazing yeah no it's not amazing uh, it's not okay I averaged like four hours of sleep a, a night now he's getting five to six so improvement oh come on six seven. yeah 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 <laughs> uh, so just um, listen to your body more yeah if I would have just listened to my body more and not just been like I have to do this I whatever I, yeah. I just wouldn't have banged myself up so bad you know sure. and then also I think pride gets in the way a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I know I'm strong enough to do a certain thing. I can push myself to do better. I used to do like 
max out in the gym all the time when I go. And that's just dumb, you know? Yeah. And it was all because of I was so prideful when I went in the gym. I wanted to be stronger. I wanted to be whatever. If I would have just, like, taken a step back and not cared mm -hmm. about, like, not just been prideful about, you know, what I was lifting, I think I would have gotten so much better so much faster and just not carried that much fatigue into everything, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but some things I've learned along the way. Uh, whew, that's a tough one. I think, well one just working hard right yeah. every time i'm in there i'm working hard mm -hmm. uh even on days i don't want to be there you go in you show up you work hard mm -hmm. um i think movement quality over the amount of weight you're moving huge i think that's huge that's the biggest thing yep. that i've taken away and i mean my coach rob has really like pushed that with me because i just as i said i used to just go away i just wanted to throw mm -hmm. weights around that was my favorite thing mm -hmm. so movement quality over the amount of weight i'm moving and you know i'm just gonna stop there i think that's good okay okay no all very good and kind of along the same lines of what i would say i think two of the biggest things that i've learned i'm going to start with that first um continue to show up mm -hmm. continue to show up and sometimes learn to rely on yourself. <clears throat> Continue to show up because there are going to be many, many days that you don't feel like walking into a gym. More days than not. And the, the longer you're in this, the more days you're going to have like that. Continue to show up because good things are going to happen. And it's going to help you learn something. And it's going to open new doors. It's just like work. It's just like you know building anything in life um so those days that you wake up and that alarm clock goes off and you know it's telling you to get back in bed you can either get back in bed or you can get your ass in the gym and it may be the worst training session that you've had in a long time but you got better you showed up and you learned something mm -hmm. and you developed a habit that's the biggest thing because this a lot of this is about developing habits. Doesn't matter if you're powerlifting, cross country running, marathon, cycling, whatever. Body thrives off a routine. Exactly. So establish those habits for the long run. Mm -hmm. What was the other thing? What would you have done differently? No, no, no. What was the other thing I said? Oh, I don't know. I don't listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> Show up and rely on yourself. I was testing you guys. Come on, I knew it the whole time. Um, rely on yourself more often. Okay. Instead of relying on somebody else. And what I mean by that is when you started out, you didn't know what you were doing, but you did it right. And mm -hmm. look what you learned. When I started out, I never asked for help with my training. If I found somebody or if I met somebody, then we trained together and we figured it out on our own. But I would stay up till two to three in the morning and I would find articles and I would learn. Then I would go to the gym and apply it. I didn't beg people to help me. You know, I wasn't, um, I wasn't dying to have people come and wrap my knees and stuff like that. And that's part of the process and that, that helps you learn a lot of things. So I think more people need to rely on themselves and show up. Just yeah. show up. Show the heck up. That's it. But uh, what would I have done differently? <clears throat> I probably would have taken it less serious um, to an extent I thought that there there was like a two to three year span where I thought that powerlifting was everything mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. to the point where I may have ruined a couple friendships but maybe they weren't meant to be I don't I don't really know I still haven't figured it out I missed family gatherings um, you know, I, I miss birthday parties and stuff like that because I thought that powerlifting was the end-all be-all. And if I went in the session or if I went into a training session and I had a bad day, it would ruin my day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, now I'm learning, and it's funny because I'm continuing to progress in the sport, but I'm understanding the big picture of where the sport is in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people say that you have to be – 100% all in and maybe to be the absolute best singular individual in the entire world you do right but what is the percentage of people who truly are trying to get there it's really not that many so for the majority of 
people, the majority of us training, the majority of us lifting, whatever, understand that this is a, a small thing in the overall, you know, in our overall life. Yeah. Right. What it, it should be training should be one of your top few priorities, you know, but it shouldn't always be number one. And I think if it is take a step back and reevaluate everything. Yeah. Because I've learned so much more and my life has become so much more complete since I took a step back and realized where it truly stood in my life. My training's better when I don't hold it on a pedestal. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I came in here with no expectation after three weeks of not deadlifting and pulled 805. Yeah, because you're a freak. But, but it, the thing is, when I'm in the midst of training and I have these expectations mm-hmm. and I hold training on a pedestal, yep. I've never, I haven't done that. I haven't been able to do that. But the second I step back, I start focusing on other areas of my life. And training's fun. And training becomes fun. Then I can do stuff like that. Yep. So now it's about that balance. And when they say that you can't have balance in a sport like this, I don't 100% agree. Yep. So that's that's me. But, um, but yeah. I'd be interested to hear what a lot of other people have to say who've been training for a long time. You I bet you I mean? some similar stuff. You know, I, I mean – in the overall grand scheme of things, I think I've been training for 12 to 13 years. You've been training longer, I think, right? Less. I think actually seriously training less. Okay. For sure. Probably so it would have been since like 2014. So. Okay. Okay. So I've only been competing competing eight years. Mm-hmm. But um, there's people out there who have been just working out in general for decades or competing for decades. So I'd be interested to see how what their mindset is. Because there's a good chance what we're sitting here saying right now, 10 years down the road, might be different. You'd be like, idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And that, that's the thing. Understand that what you believe now isn't necessarily going to be the same thing you believe in, in a couple years. But that's part of the process. That's part of learning and evolving. So that's the fun of it. Yeah. But, I mean, to sum it all up, you know, listen to your body. Work hard. Move well. Work hard. Move well. Sleep and eat. Sleep, eat. But just uh, – just don't get too ahead of yourself. Yeah. You know, don't don't do so much research and reading and that that you paralyze yourself of progress and knowledge. Yep. You know, find one or two things, try them, see how they work. Don't change too many variables. Cuz if you're adjusting and changing and adding too many variables, you don't know what worked. Yeah, you don't know what worked or what hurt. and you don't know how to apply it in the future. Yep. So, yeah. Um anything to add? I don't think so, man. I think he summed it up great. Yeah. No, that that was a fun one. And that's something that I think uh, uh, a lot of people need to hear. And um, if you want to talk to us, stop in. We'll dig a little deeper, and we'll see how that fits within your life and your routine. Hit us up, guys. We're always here for you. If you need any accountability, any training advice, anything at all, we're here at Union Fitness. Have a good one, guys. Take care.